Go with me, please, to Scripture that we looked at on last Friday, and let's continue. We're believing for the Lord to lead us the right way. Luke 18, Luke 18 and 1, it said, uh, Jesus spoke a parable to them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. One translation said, and Young's literal said, it behooves us always to pray. Are there benefits in prayer? The Amplified says, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, (laughs) which means to faint, lose heart, give up. The NIV says it like that, that they should always pray and not give up. Say it out loud, always pray. pray. Don't give up. In fact, God's Word translation says it like this. He told them these things to show them that they need to pray all the time and never give up. So say it like that. Pray all the time. time. Never give up. up. Which would be why people would quit praying. Because they gave up that it would make any difference. There are a lot of uh, people who used to pray a lot, who don't pray much anymore. Because they, um, you know, a number of reasons why. Some people have gotten mad at God. They didn't see their prayers answered the way they wanted them to be. And they, they prayed as sincerely as they knew how and as diligently in their mind as they knew how. And they don't know why. God didn't do what they asked him to do. And then there are other folks that that's not so much the case. They just got carnal. (laughs) Too much fleshy stuff. It's kind of like any other kind of exercise. You you skip one time, it's easier to skip the next time. Right? And next thing you know, you've skipped a month. and, And so you don't pray, and then you don't pray, and then you don't pray, and it's been a long time since you've really spent any time praying. But the Lord exhorted us and taught us. He taught them, he taught us. Don't quit praying. Always pray. And never give up. Let's read some other scriptures to confirm that. Colossians, well first of all, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. But that doesn't mean you're praying every breath. I mean, what about when you're asleep? What about when you're eating? What about when you're getting ready? What about when you're working? All these things. It means you don't get to a place where you say, okay, I'm done praying. I've I've prayed all I ever need to pray. No, prayer is part of our life. We never stop praying as part of our lifestyle. And a lot of prayers don't have to be long. A prayer can be 30 seconds and be effective. But there are also times that we need to spend some time praying. 
more than five minutes, more than 30 minutes. There's times, we, we saw last week, there are times Jesus prayed for hours. There are times he prayed all night long. Well, if Jesus needed to pray for hours, <laughs> you and me need to pray for hours. If Jesus prayed all night long, there were times that he did, then for sure there are times that you and I should pray all night long. And one of the things that we saw in that is at the end of that prayer, he had direction about who the 12 apostles were to be. That's a pretty big thing, right? Immediately that morning after praying all night long is when he called them together and selected the 12 and appointed them. Well, where did he get that? How did he get it? Is it a coincidence that he just got through praying all night long? And now he knows this? He said himself, he only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. And in these extended times of prayer, it is the environment where the Holy Spirit can commune with us and we can see and hear and know. Can you say amen? I've said this for some time. Prayers get previews. <laughs> People that will spend time praying, they get glimpses of things to come. That's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. said he would show us things to come if we'll spend time communing with him. And some of those glimpses of things to come are things you need to do. So it's in the form, it's a glimpse of something to come, but it's direction of the way you need to go. Ephesians 6.18, Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying always. You could, some translations say it like this, Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. Now you'll find these two words used often in the same sentence, prayer and supplication. They're not unnecessary repeats. There are no superfluous, unnecessary things in the word. It's either inspired or it's not. And if it's inspired, there's a purpose for every word. Many purposes. It's a living thing. At the best of my understanding and study, prayer refers to the general topic. And I'd say it like this, communing with God would be my definition of the word here translated prayer. Prayer communing with God and supplication would have to do with asking now you do your own study see what you conclusion you come to on it but having looked at it for some time myself that's where I am today when you say prayer you're talking about a lot of things you're kind of rolling a bunch of things under one heading 
But prayer is just the word, generally speaking, refers to communion with God, fellowship with Him, which includes praise, thanksgiving, worship. How many know we could call all of that prayer? You were in your bedroom praising God and communing with Him, giving Him thanks. That's not all you did. And, and you might have asked him some things too, and you might have just got quiet and listened for a while, and uh, all of that is communing with him. But if somebody asked you what you were doing, you might have said, pray it. Right? But there were several elements in the prayer, what you call praying. And included in praying can be supplication. Supplication involves Asking, asking. But prayer is not supposed to be only asking. Well, you tell me how you feel. If the only time you ever see a person, only time you ever hear from them is when they want something. They they don't want to spend any time with you, hear what you think, talk with you. The only communion they have with you is asking for something from you. That doesn't bless you. <laughs> well, your father is a person. Right? You're created in his likeness and image. And so he cares about us wanting to commune with him other than just asking something all the time. But here he's talking about, look at it again, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And what's verse 19? And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul asked people to pray for him that he'd have utterance. We, uh, we need not be so loose with the concept of prayer. Sometimes people will say, you know, pray for me. And so I, I've had people say, pray for me every time you pray. I'm not going to do that. What do you mean? Pray for you every time I pray. Why? Why should I pray for you? Now, people will get upset just at that one response. Why? What are we praying about? Well, you know, just just pray for me. No, see, that's being religious. Like it's not real. There are two big issues with prayer that I can see as problems with prayer. And uh, one of them we've already touched on is not praying, just not praying. Not praying enough, not praying is a problem. The other one is praying wrong, praying wrong, vain praying. Jesus talked about vain prayer. Do you remember? He said, don't use vain repetitions like the heathen do. He said, they think they'll be heard for their much speaking. 
Jesus told us, don't pray like these people pray. We do not need, we should not develop chants. We don't need to spin wheels or do repetitious things repeating the same phrase over and over. I know a lot of people do it. Jesus told us don't do it. He told us not to do it. Why? Because it is vain. Vain means useless. No results, no effect. And sadly, there's a lot of praying that is absolutely useless. And people get mad if you imply that every prayer that comes out of somebody's mouth is not holy and wonderful and good. People are reverent of prayer sometimes more than God. (laughs) People say, I believe in prayer. What does that mean? Prayer is not the Savior. What is prayer? Prayer is not just going through the motions of a thing. Prayer is communion with a living being, the creator of the heavens and the earth, whom, if you're born again, is your father. And if we'll do it right, it is wonderful to experience his presence in communion with him. And if we'll do it long enough until our mind gets quiet, And all the myriad of distractions that are in this world, we tune out and become aware of Him, we can actually hear from Him. I'm not talking about seeing something, feeling something with your body. I'm not talking about hearing something with your ears. But every believer has the ability to know on the inside of them what he's communicating to us. It's life changing, it's life leading, life directing. But the reason, only reason you take the time to do it is because you believe you can hear from him. You believe he's real. You believe he hears you. You believe if you pray the right thing the right way, He'll do it. And things will change. But many, they've divested the communion part of it. And to them, prayer is only asking. And they don't know Him. They don't know His character. They don't know His will. They don't know His word. They just think maybe they found out a neat thing that I can get whatever I want by just asking the big man upstairs. I don't like that phrase. Do you? That's spoken like somebody who does not know him. No. Jesus said, if you abide in me. Was it John 15, 7, I believe it is? John 15, 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me, that word abide means live, stay, dwell. If you live in me and my words live in you, 
you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. He didn't just say, you'll ask anything, and it'll happen. Do you see the, the, the first part of this? Should we take the first part of this serious? If you abide in me, that's a, a living daily communion, which goes along with this pray without ceasing. Right? It's living with somebody. If you live with somebody, you should be talking to them. Right? You should know something about what's going on with them. About what they think, what they like, what they want, what they're doing. Well, we should be living with him. We should have some idea about what he wants. What he likes. What he's doing. And we should be interested in that. And available to help facilitate that. If you abide in me. My words abide in you. Jesus said. You'll ask what you will. It'll be done to you. Why? Because your asking is influenced. Can you see this? By knowing him. By knowing his word. By knowing his will. You're not just asking off the wall stuff. Brother Hagin said, my, my father in the faith, he said, a fellow came to him one time said, I want you to pray about something for me. He said, well, what, what do you want me to pray? He said, do I have to tell you? He said, well, I'm not going to pray if you don't. See, so much of the unspoken request is useless. I know folks don't like that, but he, he went on to say, he explained to the man, he said, if you're asking me to pray, you're asking me to believe for something. You're either asking me to believe for something for you or to believe with you. How am I going to believe for something I don't know what I'm believing for? And how do you even know, in this case, you see, how do you even know if it's scriptural or or something God can do? He's not going to contradict his word. So the guy, he said, well, I want you to believe with me that I will get so-and-so's wife. Well, it's a good thing he asked, right? I mean, <laughs> he said he, he actually asked him that. Because he's decided that they should be together. And, um, well, should you pray about that? <laughs> should you even say, I'll pray about it? No, you, you don't need to pray about it. Because the scripture has already answered that. It says you're not to covet your neighbor's wife, which is exactly what he's doing. He's got his eyes on her and decided he wants her, and he wants God to help him get her. He wants God to help him destroy his family and destroy their family and hurt people and contradict commandments and scriptures. Now we're laughing about it, but a whole lot of folks have done the same thing. Maybe it wasn't as obvious, but they don't commune with God. They don't know what His Word says. They don't know what His will is. All they know is what they want, or what they think, what their flesh wants. I want this. God give it to me. If we really knew the truth and, and spiritual things were real to us, if we came to the Father, and asked about something that was off, 
He'd say, come on a little closer. Come here. Come here. Sit down. <laughs> it's been a while since you've been here, Ed. <laughs> and we would commune. You'd commune with him. And as you're communing with him, he would remind you of things that he said in his word. He would help you to see your motives, your desires, and these kind of things. And if you're honest and humble, at some point you'd go, oh, right, sorry, Lord. You know, forget that prayer. (laughs) Just, yeah, forget that. (laughs) But even if we've made big mistakes, what did Jesus say? Don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Don't give up. Just stay with it till you get it right. Because amazing things can happen when people of faith pray. I mean, cities can be changed. Countries can be changed. I'm not exaggerating. We have examples of it in the Word of God. Judgment can be stayed and prevented. Gifts of the Spirit in manifestation. Miracles can happen. It's amazing what can happen when you pray right. <laughs> Say it out loud. Father God, Father God I, do I do desire to commune with you. Commune with you. Teach, me Teach me about real prayer. About real. Not, religious. Not religious. Not man's idea. Not True communion. True with your spirit, real fellowship with you. Show me how to pray in the way you can hear it and do it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even though we may have floundered and made a lot of mistakes, we can straighten up. We can get it together. And we can become very effective in prayer. We read this last uh, week. It would be okay to read it again. James 5. James 5, verse 16. I'm going to read it from the Young's translation. Be confessing to one another your trespasses. Be praying for one another that you may be healed. Very strong is the working supplication of a righteous man. Now, don't get hung up on righteous and begin to question, am I righteous enough to be an effective prayer? Realize what has made you righteous. We could not accomplish enough righteousness on our own merit and works. Jesus had to come and give us his own right standing. But he has, and if you'll receive it, you've been made righteous with his rightness. Is my rightness good enough? Well, it better be. It's his. Is that right? If his is not good enough, (laughs) there is no good enough. No, his right standing has already been accepted, and that's the righteousness we come to the Father in prayer in. That's how, that's how we can come boldly right to the throne of grace. Got a right to be there. Why? Because we're not coming in our own righteousness. We're coming in His. Lord, oh, this is a revelation. 
I said, this is a revelation. See, anytime those thoughts come to you, wonder if I'm, you know, I don't know if I am a really a righteous man or woman to pray. Are you saved? Have you received Jesus? Did you receive the righteousness he gave you? It does get, doesn't get any better than that righteousness. So quit asking that question. <laughs> the uh, NIV says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Somebody say powerful. powerful. And effective. effective. Does it do any good to pray? Yes. This is why a lot of people quit. Because they prayed a bunch of things. And a bunch of them didn't happen. And the enemy lied to them. God didn't hear you. God doesn't care. Does God exist? I mean the more you start questioning. The further off you get. The worse it gets. But just because you made a mistake. Doesn't mean prayer is not right. Doesn't mean that the right prayer of a person doing it right. Did you see right? Righteousness. It's old English word for right. Doing it right is powerful and effective. Oh, somebody say powerful, powerful and effective. The Amplified says it like this. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working and we know he's not exaggerating he goes on to give the example of Elijah praying and for I suppose hundreds of miles the weather being changed for years and and this is not some conjecture the Bible tells us is because this one man prayed that this happened so if this one man's prayer and praying Changed the weather for years over a large region. Why couldn't all of us stand up together and believe God when something's trying to damage us or destroy us? We can. We should. God's faithful. Can you say amen? Amen. Have you been made righteous? Yeah, you have. Can your prayers be powerful and effective? Effective, effective. Go with me, if you would, to Philippians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to answer the question just a little bit. Why pray? Why should we pray? Philippians 4, verse 6. Are you there? Scripture said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and, here you see that phrase again, right? Prayer, communion with God, which includes all different forms of praying, and supplication, asking in prayer. And of course, if you you hook James with this, you need to ask in faith. Not just asking, but ask in faith, not wavering. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. I had a fellow one time, uh, actually this has happened more than once. Either in person or through some kind of communication. Say, Brother Keith, the, the scripture said, let your requests be made known. So I'm letting you know that I need this. That's not what that said. 
Did I lose somebody? It's not what he said. didn't say let your requests be made known. Let them be made known to God. You might say, well, you, you talk about what the church is doing. Believe for. That's not my personal needs and desires. You're the church. Come on, are y'all with me? And all the partners. This is, we're believing for this as a family. But um, you don't hear Phyllis and I saying we're letting you know what we want personally and what we need personally. And we're supposed to go straight to him. And so are you. Well, that went over big, didn't it? <laughs> Why pray? Praying, correct praying, is what we're supposed to do instead of worry. Praying is what we're supposed to do instead of be full of care and anxiety. Put the Amplified up on that please. Philippians 4, 6. The Amplified says it like this. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, do what? By prayer and petition. Now see, the Amplified brings it. I didn't know the Amplified said that. Definite request. That's another way of saying ask, right? A request is asking. By prayer and petition. And with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. If you need something and you don't have it, you're in a situation, you're going to be tempted to fret. You don't care who you are. So what are you going to do? Most people just fret. Most people just worry. That's what they do. And or they pull on other people. They plead with people. They pull on them. You got to help me. I need this. But we don't have to do that. It's so wonderful. Believers never have to beg. Never. Never. If God is real. And he's God. And he's your father. And he supplies all your needs. He's your provider. Why would you ever. Have to beg anybody. You don't. You don't. But if you don't pray. And you don't have faith. You're going to do something. Because the pressure's on. You need this. You need that. You got to have this to pay your bills. You got to have that to take care of this. What do you do? Most people, including most Christians, most church-going people, they fret. They have anxiety. They worry. They worry. But there's something you can do instead of worry. You can pray. And not pray a vain prayer, a vain repetitions. You, you can come before the Father, and you can start out in faith. And you can say, Father... I know this is no surprise to you. Right? Why do we pray? We don't pray to inform God of situations. Never, never do we come in and go, Oh God, I've got to have $5,000 and I've got to have it right now. Never does he look over at one of the angels and go, When did this happen? Michael, Gabriel, nobody tells me about it. <laughs> Are you kidding? 
talking about him who knows the end from the beginning. No, you, we're never going to surprise. It might have been a surprise to you, but it's not a surprise to him. And he's never caught unprepared. Remember we're reading about he choreographs seed for the sower. He saw that need coming before you were ever aware that you were going to be in that area. (laughs) Much less that you would have a need in that area. And actually, you know where uh, Abraham went up on the mount to offer up his son as a sacrifice and he had said by faith God will provide. And, And he called the name of the Lord there Jehovah. Anybody remember? Jireh or some pronounce it different but and it literally means the God who sees. Somebody says, I thought it meant the God who provides. It does, but it literally means the God who sees ahead and provides. Because when, when Abraham was ready to offer up Isaac and, and the angel said, no, no, no. He turned around, there's a ram with his horns caught in the thicket. Well, now, that ram getting there and getting caught, that's some good timing. Come on, can you see that? I mean, we don't have to say, okay, Isaac's not going to get offered today. Where's the sacrifice? We're going to find the sacrifice. No, he's right there already. And that's what Jehovah Jireh means. Is he still Jehovah Jireh? The God who sees ahead and provides the supply for those that's on his path. What if Abraham had said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going up there. I'm not doing this. Well, he would have never experienced the provision the Lord had for him. You got to be on the path. But on the right path, there is prepared provision. Do you believe it? That Jehovah Jireh the God who sees ahead saw, he, he knew. Before you knew, he knew what the whole path was. Start to finish. And if you would go down the path, how did that ram get up there? This ram, I don't know. Maybe three days ago. Maybe before that. He just gets an inkling to go this way. And so he does and he does and the next day, for some reason, he just lacks the looks of it over there. So he goes over there. And, and then on this day, for some reason, he winds up at the exact right spot. And he just wants to stick his head in those briars and rummage around in there. Can you see what, what's going on? There is a leading. There is something that is choreographing. And causing this to wind up at exactly the right place at the right time so that every need is met, every bill is paid, every obligation fulfilled, every need met. Is he still Jehovah Jireh? Is he still the God who sees ahead and provides the supply? Well, backing up, only those who are on the path are going to intercept this 
pre-prepared provision. How do you know to get on the path? That's where the praying comes in. Can you see this? The praying comes in about what Phyllis and I have seen this and and uh, I'm, I'm not claiming that I've always done everything perfect, but we haven't had disasters in the churches where our projects are concerned. And I give God the praise for that. But one of the things I want to do on that kind of thing is there, there are times we may talk and pray about a project for years before we launch it. Why? Because I, I know if it's Him... It's not going to be a problem. If it's something that he's directing us to do, you're not going to have to try to talk him in to providing for something that was his idea. (laughs) But you also need to know the right time and the right way to do it. Can you see this? The wisdom of God. And, And whether it's us personally or whether it's your business or a church or a ministry, people have gotten in trouble Because they didn't ask him. They just ran off with an idea. Or maybe they even got a piece of an idea from him. But they didn't get the rest. They didn't get the time. They didn't get the way. Can you see this? And where are you going to find out all that? If we'll take some time. And instead of worrying about it. Worrying, worrying, worrying. Worrying takes time. And does no good. There is. A God ordained. Replacement. For worry. It's prayer. Prayer. And not just begging. Vain repetitions. But communion with God. You come in before his presence. You, You shut off your phone. Turn off the TV. Mute. Silence. Turn off whatever you need to do. Get in there and commune with him. Tell him you love him. Praise him. Thank him. Come on, are y'all with me? He already knows what you want to talk about. Is that right? He already, come on, we need to remember who we're dealing with here. He already knows the answer to the question you're looking for the answer for. Right? He knows to the answer to the next question you hadn't thought of yet. The one you're going to find out about in three weeks. (laughs) We need to remind ourselves of who he is. How big he is. How awesome he is. How wonderful he is. And spend some time with him, not begging in unbelief, but talking to him about it. In an intelligent way. And then asking him to give us utterance. To pray out exactly what we should pray out. And thank God at that point for speaking in tongues. And if you don't know about that. Find out. Do not let this pass you by. Because this is the means to pray beyond our limited knowledge. Understanding. And to pray out, the scripture says, divine mysteries. They're not a mystery to God. Well, who they're a mystery to? You. (laughs) But it's a way for you to pray about it and then find out about it. 
Why do we pray? We pray because God told us to pray. And we pray because it's better than worry. We pray because it's what you do instead of worry, instead of fret, instead of fear, instead of toss and turn, instead of pace, instead of call other people and bug them. Come on now. How many know? Don't, don't point fingers or anything. But you know situations where people called you and they shouldn't have. They should be praying. They should be talking to him. But you know, the flesh don't want to pray. It wants to be lazy. You just tell me what to do. You just give me the answer. Save me all that. I've heard people tell other folks, you, you pray and find out and just tell me. <laughs> and there's been, there's been more than once that I did. I tried to do that. And the Lord said, you tell them, come see me. <laughs> He's even told me before, that's none of your business. That's between me and them. And I'm glad. I'm glad he, he won't hang all of your dirty laundry out for me to see, which means he won't hang mine out for you to see. Right? He's good. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind. But what I'm saying is other people cannot do your praying for you. Doesn't mean they can't pray for you, but they can't pray instead of you. They can pray for you under the right conditions, but there's a lot of wasted motion in prayer. There's a real legitimate question. If somebody says, pray for me, the next question could be, why? Right? Why? What are we praying about? What do I need to pray about? It's not like I don't have a life. Right? <laughs> not like I'm not already using my faith. I need to pray about I'm not saying I won't pray for you, but what praying is needed that you can't do for you or just won't do. But if we'll spend time communing with him we get direction we learn about getting on the path and on the path how many remember Proverbs talks about this path is that right the path of the just it's like the shining light it's like the the, the dawn of the sun that as, as the day progresses it gets brighter and brighter Brighter and brighter means you see more and more. Everything gets plainer and more clear to you. Well, there's nothing like knowing what to do, knowing where to go, knowing who to work with, knowing what to do here and when, operating by the spirit of knowing. Jesus did this. How many believe Jesus always knew where to go, what to preach, who to see, what to answer? He also did a lot of praying. Didn't he? Reckon there's a connection between any of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we pray because the Lord told us to pray. And we pray because so much better than worry. There in Philippians, back up to Philippians 1. I know this is basic. But we need basics. 
Philippians 1, verse 19, he said, I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Listen to the New American, New American Standard. It says, I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance. Now you got to remember, Paul's in jail. He's in prison. Not for crimes, but for preaching the gospel. I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Said out loud, prayer, prayer. And, provision. and provision. This has been coming up all night, hasn't it? Prayer and provision. Why do we pray? The Lord told us to. Sure beats worry. Is that right? We do it instead of worry. Here's another reason why. It results in provision. Provision that God gives. That God releases. The uh, Young's literal translation says it like this. Says, I've known that this will fall out to me for salvation through your supplication and the supply of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. Did you see these two phrases? Prayer and provision, supplication and supply. One of the reasons we pray is because right praying results in supply given to us. Provision released to us. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you believe that, you wouldn't quit praying. Now, in Philemon, I want you to notice this. Paul said this, just one, one chapter, Philemon 22. Philemon 22. Paul said this, prepare me a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given to you. He said, go ahead and get me a place ready. (laughs) Because I'm trusting that I'm going to be released because of your prayers. Through your prayers. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Prayer and provision. Supplication and and supply. Why do we pray? Because prayer allows God to change things. Securing his release. Giving him a supply of the spirit. You will see this in the book of Acts. That's one thing I was talking about. I got way too much material for tonight because I started looking at prayer in the book of Acts and began to see they prayed And God moved. They prayed. And God moved. They prayed. And God moved. I'm talking about specific instances in the book of Acts. And I'm not done. They prayed. And God moved. And then guess what happened? They prayed. And God moved. Then what happened after that you reckon? They they prayed again. And God moved. Again. And you can see they're just back to back. You read about them praying, and like two verses, three verses later, something amazing happened. Now don't misunderstand me. Don't give the glory to prayer. 
Prayer is involved. Prayer is a factor. It doesn't, it doesn't happen just without prayer. But prayer didn't do it. God did it. Come on, we, we need to keep this straight. Because if we give the glory to the prayer, you wind up glorifying the prayer. Can you see that? And a lot of folks like that. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray all night and all day. I'm going to straighten this out. I'm going to fix this. No, you are not the, you're not the Savior. You're not the healer. You're not the creator. You, you're going to come in and talk to him about it. And prayer is not to be one way. It's to be two way. You talk, you listen. You listen, you talk. We're supposed to hear from him in prayer. And there'll be times, I mean, there are scriptures where he told individuals, don't ask me about that. Don't pray about that. We have to know him well enough to commune with him and and hear from him when we bring up things that we shouldn't be talking about. There is no set answer If anybody ever comes out with a thousand volume book on everything to pray about and everything not to pray about, save your money. (laughs) It is not exhaustive. It cannot be correct. If you could do it with that, you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. Only He and only through communion with Him can you know day in, day out, pray about this, keep on praying about this, Leave this alone. Don't bring this up to me again. God is a person. And the better we know his word. And the better we know his spirit. The quicker we'll recognize. Can you see. Why some folks have been off. They got mad at God. They prayed and asked for a bunch of things. Didn't happen exactly what they thought. But they didn't know him. They didn't know his word. They didn't commune with him. It wasn't prayer and supplication. It was just supplication. (laughs) It was just request, request, request. Give me what I want or I'm not going to go to church anymore. Huh? Really? I mean, people try to make deals. And that means they don't know him. They don't know him. He's never trying to take anything away from us. Always got your best interest at heart and mind. He just knows so much and we know so little. And if we're smart, we'll trust him. And when he tells us something, even though we don't understand it, if we're smart, we'll go, well, there are things I don't know. And he's right, always, always right. Let me give you just one in the book of Acts real quickly before we finish up this evening. Go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 12. Why do we pray? Help me out, saints. Why do we pray? Not just to be religious. Not to inform God of things. We don't just put in time praying to make us feel like we did something, like we're we're holy. Why do we pray? Number one, he told us to. Told us to pray all the time. If he told you to pray all the time, there's reasons why you need to pray all the time. Right? You'd be smart if you did. Number two, 
You need to do something instead of worry because worry is just going to mess everything up. It's going to wear you out. It's going to make you sick. It actually gets in God's way. What are we going to do instead of worry? You can pray. Instead of worry half the night, what if you prayed in faith, in the spirit, half the night? Oh, you're going to come out so much better. Same amount of time. And then thirdly, we pray because praying right allows God to release supply and provision. It changes things. In Acts 12, about the time that Herod the king, about that time, he stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. These were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. Now, think about it. You know, one of your favorite ministers, the government just came and got him and killed him. And one of, maybe one of your other all-time favorite ministers, they grabbed him and put him in jail. And they have already set an execution date for him. So you can't go to church and, and hear him preach or you can't go to the meeting and, and be in the meeting with them. One of them's dead. One of them's, they say, is going to be dead in a couple of days or the next day. So what do you do? You could worry. You could be mad. You could say, what right do they have to do that? What did he ever do to them? I mean, you could, you could cry about how unjust it is, about how unfair it is. You could write papers. You could be indignant. You could be distraught. You could be beside yourself with anger and grief. And you could worry. Or we have discovered tonight. You could do something else. And at this early days of the church, they knew how to do it. Instead of fussing, instead of crying, they prayed and didn't quit praying. They kept on praying. Why would you keep on praying? Because you don't have it yet. You don't have the answer yet. You don't know what to do yet. You hadn't got the release yet. Come on, can you see this? And that's why the Lord said, men ought to always pray and not quit, not give up. Why? Why do they keep on praying? They don't want to lose Peter. And they don't know, they hadn't had a word from the Lord about it that they could just stand on. And they know something bad's happening because the other brother, they're one of their favorite ministers, he's gone. They killed him. So what do we do? They prayed. 
And they kept on praying. The whole church kept on praying. Kept on praying. Kept on praying. Kept on praying. What are they praying? They're not begging God in unbelief. I mean, it does no good to say 10,000 times, oh, what are we going to do? 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 They're talking to God about this. They're communing with him. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side. Peter's sleeping. Hours before he's supposed to be executed. (laughs) I like this. Don't you like this? He's sleeping so sound, the angel had to kick him (laughs) to wake him up. Get up. I'm here to get you out. Get up. Man, I was sleeping good. What? What do you want? (laughs) He smote Peter on the side. He raised him up and said, arise up quickly. And when he got up, the chains fell off of his hands without a key. Can God do some amazing things? Now, what's two verses before this? What was it? Prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. Reckon there's any connection. This is an amazing thing. Why is God doing this? They're asking God to intervene. They're asking him. Now I doubt anybody knew to ask specifically for this. Because they didn't have a passage to read where this had happened before. But they just know they want him out. Maybe they're thinking some legal maneuvering. Maybe they're thinking a stay of execution. I don't know what they're thinking. But God has different ideas than people do. He says, you want him out? Let's get him out. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Right? He don't need to check with anybody. (laughs) Keep reading. The angel said to him, gird yourself and bind on your sandals. Put your shoes on. He's having to tell him everything. Get up. Come on. No, get your clothes. Yeah, put your shoes on. (laughs) Put your shoes on. So he did. And he said, now put your garment on. Put it around you. It's cold out here. And follow me. And he went out and followed him. So he's just checking along. (laughs) Following the angel. And he wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. He thought he's dreaming or having a vision. (laughs) And when they were past the first and second ward, And came to the iron gate that leads unto the city. It opened to them of its own accord. And this is before there were openers. (laughs) It just just unlatched and opened up. Is this amazing or is this amazing? And they went out and passed on through one city. And forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself. He said. Now I know of a surety the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. He realized, 
I'm really outside. Where did that angel go? And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together. What? Praying. What? 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 Praying. Praying. Reckon there's any connection. Why would the scripture bring it up? Before, right before this happened and right after? Why would it bring it up? Why would it bring it up? It's connected. Many have talked about wanting to see more of these mighty things, more of these signs and wonders. Well, we need to pray more. Pray right. Pray in faith. Pray in power. Pray as a church. Pray as a group. Pray as a church family. Pray as the church. Many were gathered. Somebody say many, many. Many were gathered together praying. We should not, if bad things happen, We should not be quick to give up. Can you see that phrase? And just go, well, isn't that awful? Isn't that awful? We should know things can be changed. Right? God can get involved. Something can happen here. And especially when we're stirred, we should pray. And keep on praying. And keep on praying. Right? Many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. When she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate. Because <laughs> she was so glad and excited, but she just left him standing there. And she ran back and told everybody how Peter was standing at the gate. Well, what are they praying about? Well, it said prayer was made without ceasing in connection with Herod taking him. They're praying about it. And so she comes in and said, he's at the gate. He's at the gate. Verse 15. They said, you're crazy. (laughs) Why do you think we got the prayer meeting going? (laughs) But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. They said, it's his angel maybe. Peter continued knocking. Hey. Let me in. You just got out of jail. You don't want to be hanging around out on the street. Is that right? Where anybody can see you. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he beckoning to them with the hand to hold their peace. He says, let me tell you what happened. Told how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go show these things to James, to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. I don't blame him. He left town that night. Is this amazing or is this amazing? This is just one. If you're interested and I encourage you to do it, read the book of Acts. Not that big a book. And look at the connection you just saw here. And see how many times. You know how the book of Acts starts? They were in one place, one accord. And a few verses prior to that said they had been praying. And then on the day of Pentecost, here comes the Holy Spirit. You see, prayer. They prayed. God moved. They prayed. God moved. You'll see it all through the book of Acts. We're a part of the same church. We got the same name of Jesus. We got the same gospel. We got the same Holy Spirit. We can pray if we will, if we want to, willing to, like they did, and we can see some amazing things happen. Do you believe it, saints? Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. 
If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.